This podcast may be explicit in nature and may not be suitable for listeners under the age of 15. Now that that's out of the way, if you already learned some cool shit and have a laugh or two along the way, let's get it. Special K back again with another episode of the Culture Marauders podcast, the show where we maraud on all culture and deliver the goods to you, the listener, and the viewers out there. Hey, it is Thursday. Oh, shoot, excuse me, Friday. Let me go and pull that off. It is Friday, June 19, 2020, and uh, happy Juneteenth, y'all. Happy Juneteenth. Um, for those of y'all that are out there celebrating, everybody acknowledging Juneteenth has become a very, very big thing. Um, probably a lot of people weren't aware of what Juneteenth was until here recently with all the events going on in the world. But uh, if you're celebrating, hey, celebrate smartly. For those of you that aren't aware of what Juneteenth is, Juneteenth is also known as uh, Emancipation Day or also America's Second Independence Day. Um, the Emancipation Proclamation of 1863 that President Lincoln enacted after uh, the, the end of the Civil War, um, which basically freed all slaves. Um it really didn't get down to the last strongholds of the Confederacy Confederacy until uh, June 19th of 1865, and that was down in Galveston, Texas, where the last of uh, last slaves were, you know, made aware that slavery was over. But unfortunately, that was two and a half years later. But better late than never, and that's why we celebrate today. And it's not just an African American thing; it's a uh, it's a uh, you know, end of slavery for all people, all people. And as you can see, I am rocking my uh, dashiki. Um, uh, African uh, garment, um, basically a dashiki came from West Africa. Um, it was used uh, basically, it was in its, in its original form. It was also a uh, kind of like a tunic, a work tunic for the for the uh, workers and, and, and farmers and stuff out in West Africa. And it was uh, light enough to, you know, where they can still work but still be protected from the heat and the sun out in West Africa. Um, you know, fast forward to the uh, 60s and 70s with the civil rights civil rights movement. And um, black and black power movement, Black Panthers movement. Um, you started seeing more of the African textiles, as you see on my on my dashiki today. And basically, it was a, it was a symbol of black pride, and uh, you know, just a fashion statement that can go along easily with the Afro or the black or the raised black fist. So happy Juneteenth! That's a little bit of a of a, a culture shot there for you, also. But uh, like I said, celebrate responsibly, be safe, and uh, let's keep pushing the uh, pushing that equality out there, y'all. So. Like I said, episode 27, we've been rocking pretty well yesterday. Uh, you know, we're going to keep riding this Father's Day wave. I, I think we had a really good conversation with Dominique Marks from Raw Sex Podcast. But today we're going to we're going to bring it home and, uh, you know, get a little bit more deep into this. You know, not, not as light as it was yesterday. And so today we're going to be, uh, you know, episode 27, I'm calling this when things fall apart. And uh, today we're going to be marauding on uh, personal growth. Um, and my special guest today is a published author and the host of Dad Starting Over podcast, special guest DSO. And uh, for, you know, at his request and anonymity, I said it right there. You heard me, DSO? Anonymity. <laughs> so we're going to, um, he wants to keep his uh, keep his uh, image and everything off. 
and we're going to respect that but he is still going to drop us with some super dope content and information and uh we're going to talk about you know his personal story and his growth and everything i really think y'all going to do this episode i did a you know he gave me some uh some uh information to kind of familiar familiarize myself with exactly what he's doing out there and for the fellows out there going through a rough time you know with divorce and, and self-doubt this episode is for you so dso take it away man how you doing i'm doing very well well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. Thank you for coming out. So, you know, before we get into this, um, give me a little bit of your, your background. Sure. Well, I'm a 40-something-year-old guy who has three kids, and I've been divorced for going on eight years now, just over eight years now. And um, I started writing on the topic of divorce and starting over in my whole experience about two years into my divorce. And um, I really struck a nerve out there. I started getting web traffic right away, started a podcast, got some downloads. I've written three books around the topics of being a man and starting over in life and succeeding in relationships and all that good stuff. And I do go by the moniker of DSO, stands for Dad Starting Over. And you can find out more at dadstartingover.com. And the uh, the books that I've written, you can find at all the major retailers. Uh, my bestseller is called The Dead Bedroom Fix, which is about sex and marriage, mm-hmm. followed up by Now What? A Guide for Men Starting Over in Life After Infidelity and Divorce. And then uh, my third book is called Red Flags, which is for guys uh, trying to learn what, it, what there is to look out for when you're trying to find Mrs. Right. So <laughs> it's, basically, it's basically all the stuff I should have known 20, 30 years ago that I wish somebody would have sat down and told me and I put it out there on the website. I got dozens of articles out there, podcast episodes, and then the three books. Right on, right on. So, Hey, you basically have the, the, the male handbook out there. And, and, you know, I was reading through the stuff. And I was like, you know, cause you know, I, I come from a divorce and uh, you know, this is uh, probably about, whew, about 13 years ago. Um, you know, so I know, I know that and I wish I had, you know, a guide or a document or something like that, or this handbook that you created, you know, to kind of get me through that. And, you know, that probably would have saved me a lot of headache and a lot of heartache as well. So, you know, I appreciate you just a little bit that I was able to read through. I mean, it was deep. It was deep stuff. You didn't sugarcoat anything. You, it was like a lot of raw emotion out there. So mm-hmm. I really appreciate it. So fellow Marauders, as usual, if you want to join the conversation, hit us up via comments. You know, I don't think anything's off the table questions asked. So uh, while, we're, while we're sitting there chopping it up, rapping and uh, DSO's dropping his knowledge on us, Feel free to jump on and ask questions, and uh, we'll go ahead and get them addressed. So, all right. So let's go ahead and get into it. So, all right. So, who is DSO? Well, like I said, forty-something-year-old guy, mm-hmm. dad. Um, I this isn't my the DSO world is not my only job. It has started off as a as a hobby that's become a legitimate second business for me. But I do work more than full time, and uh, I am remarried. Uh, my wife and I have a unique relationship in that we only see each other half the time, which I tell guys when they ask me, what's the secret to the success of my second marriage? It says, I don't see her half the time. <laughs> and she probably, and she probably tell you the same thing. But <laughs> She works, outside. She works outside the state. So um, I'm basically still a lot of the time playing single dad. I'm Mr. House Cleaner. I'm homework helper. I'm the guy that's out playing basketball. I'm driving kids around, doing all that. So I still do that even though I'm remarried and still writing, still all that fun stuff. And uh, it's been tough. Uh, as the DSO business has taken off, 
it has uh, been a real struggle for me to, to juggle all that, keep all the balls in the air and, and not let anything drop. And uh, so, and that's how you found me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And like I said, it was just happened to be one of those things by chance. And, you know, I saw it and I was like, huh, this, this is pretty interesting. And I just clicked on it. I was like, you don't see this a lot, right? Like from, from a male's point of view, you can go and find a million different books and, and magazines on the mm -hmm. web for women and, and all these things like your cosmos and all this stuff. But for guys, there's nothing like this, man. And I really think what you're doing is is is, is outstanding, first of all. And I thank you for it, man. And, and granted, yeah, I'm I'm remarried and happily moved on and didn't wasn't able to reap those benefits of, of the stuff that you put out there. But there's fellas out there that I know for a fact could benefit off this. And and you you obviously know too because you've turned it into a oh yeah really successful business. So um, I hear from, I hear from these guys every single day. I get emails and emails, and um. Yeah, it's uh, I, I don't know if it's you can classify it as there's a phenomenon of uh, what I went through, which was personally we'll get into that, which was uh, a cheating wife left me with the kids and so forth. But, man, that's a story that I'm hearing again and again and again. Yeah. And um, it there's there was no real go to one go to source for, hey, been there, done that. And here's what I did. And here are my thoughts around the relationship game and all that. It's piecemeal out there. There's there's a book a little bit about this, you know, men's rights things. There's a little book about parenting. There's a website about, but nothing that puts it all together. And it does need to be all together in one one package and one website. Because even if I try to, hey, you know, let's split this up and let's talk about uh, sex and marriage. Mm -hmm. Invariably, somebody will say, well, my wife cheated on me, and I went through this, this, and this. Uh, I'm dating after a divorce, and I'm going through this. So it all blends together and that's why i created the website the way i did yeah and it's very well put together you got you know the, the coaching i mean your podcast your articles i mean it, it's, it's like a like a i can't even explain it's like a, a all-in-one resource center resource there you go things, man and i think it's really dope um so i, appreciate I, I read that you're a, a hooper huh so so who's your, who's your team man i'm kind of a bandwagon jumper I'm from back in the day when it was Jordan right. back in the nineties. That was my team, the bulls um, all the way back to, you know, the old Jordan magic mm -hmm. bird era. That's my, my thing. So right now, probably, you know, I, I hate to be one of those guys. I love LeBron. Okay. Um, I, wherever he goes, I like it. Um, I, I like the Pelicans a lot. Okay. I went to those them play. I like Ingram, Zion, um, Zo, so they're fun to watch. Okay. I like them all. All right. So with with the Pelicans, and we're, I'm sorry, we're gonna get into this, but when you mentioned Hooper, I'm a Hooper. I, I love basketball myself. So I like the Pelicans, man, but I'm not too convinced on Zion yet. I think, I think that you know the potential is there, but he's got to get his health and his weight under control, or we're gonna be looking at another yep. Larry Johnson type, Sean Kemp type situation. <laughs> you are exactly right. When I saw him, I saw him. Um, he was. Uh, they came to uh, Indiana. To play mm -hmm. watch the Pacers game. First thing my son and I said when he stepped out in the court was, Ooh, somebody's getting a little big. <laughs> <laughs> somebody's putting on some weight. Yeah. Not, not in a good way either. So you you're right. He's got those genes that he can blow up and he's got to watch it. And he was injured when we saw him. He was limping around. He decided not to play. He he warmed up with the team, but he was he had a bad ankle or something. Yeah, um, yeah, my buddy here called him Fat Boy. He he commented. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a caboose on him. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, and he's he's a big dude, and but he's athletic. That's no, that's what's so weird. Like his second jump is ridiculous. Oh yeah, 
Absolutely. You ever watch, uh, my boys like to sit and watch the, the mixtape highlights of uh, him in high school. Uh-huh. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah. It's like yeah. watching a man out there with a bunch of preschoolers. <laughs> <laughs> so what did you what did you think about The Last Dance? I know you you know you said you were a Jordan fan also. What oh, did you loved, think about that? loved it. Loved it. I thought that was really good. I was really surprised at how open uh, Jordan was. Mm-hmm. Right? Sat in that chair and just let it all out, let his emotions out and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah. Excited to see of him. I really liked it. Yeah, I like that too. And, and, and even, even his daughter said she didn't understand. Like, man, this is my dad. Like, you know, and you, you know, and, and she. I think she learned more about him through that than she did actually just growing up around him. And, and you know, she yeah. said that. So. And they didn't pull any punches with that show either. They went. They talked about the gambling, the whole mm-hmm. nine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad they went into that. And, and it was kind of anticlimactic at the end. I mean, we all knew how it ended, but yeah. it's like it had built up with each episode, which is better than the, the one previous. Mm-hmm. And by the time they got to the last two, you're like, eh, okay. That's yeah, good. I agree. I agree. Yeah, but it was still good. I heard there's a Magic Johnson one waiting in the wings, and there's a Kobe one coming next month. Oh, really? Oh, good, yeah. good, good, good. Yeah, 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 so be on the lookout for that. So, all right, all right, enough about basketball. We can talk about <laughs> So, you know, reading, reading your story, right, and – um. You know, just what you had sent me, my story, and it was in three parts. And it basically broke down, you know, from, you know, you starting out, you know, uh, you know, working and then, you know, deciding to, you know, start your, you know, go the entrepreneur route, mm-hmm. building off that. And, and you know, your girlfriend at the time, she was your wife, but she was your girlfriend at the time, her being away. And, you know, you kind of, you know, hooping, hanging out with the fellas, making buddies at work. And it, as I read on, it's kind of like the dynamic shifted in a yep. sense. And it's like everything that you had at the end of the day, she had minus the, you know, the infidelity and stuff like that. But so I found it fascinating because it was like reading through it. It's like you can definitely see where the story shifted and where mm-hmm. potentially where things could start falling apart. Right. So yep. um, if you want to go into your story a little bit more. Uh, for yeah. the out there. Um, and my story is not unique by any means. And I hear it again and again. And I think the general theme that I hear from a lot of guys is they lose their independence. Right when they hook up with a woman and become one and, and become this married couple, especially when kids come in the picture, Oh man, just guys just drop their hobbies. They drop their friends. They drop everything to become this provider, what I call. Mm-hmm. And I, I always say that there are kind of to super simplify it. There are two sides to a man. You've got the provider side and you have the lover side. And a lot of guys just drop the lover stuff completely, man. They gain weight. They don't, they don't care what they look like. They don't care about hanging out with friends and all the other stuff, which is all of the stuff that attracted their wife to them to begin with. And mm-hmm. I fell into that trap big time. Yeah. Um, I, like you said, prior to getting married, I was very much Mr. Independent, hang out with the guys. Um, I would travel everywhere for work and I would hang out with the dudes that I was traveling with. It was very much a bachelor life. And when I look back on that was when I probably grew the most financially, intellectually, the whole nine yards. Mm. And then my, my temperament and my personality was such that as soon as I became this domesticated guy in a marriage, just slowly, but surely, you know, turn the knob down. If I was at an 11 before I was down to a three and a four and a two, and it just wore me down. And frankly, I became a very unattractive partner and a lot of my zip and, and energy that was there when at the early part, that attracted her to me was gone. And uh, what was left with this sweet guy, who was a good dad. And that's about it. You know, and, 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 and by no means am I calling you this, but it can kind of be perceived as kind of like a sucker in a way, right? Like, oh, absolutely. absolutely. You, lose, you lose what it was that attracted you to that person. Like you, like you said, and 
you know, when, when we're riding high and running wild and running the streets, we're interested, you know, and, and all that stuff. But when you become what you think that your partner wants, that's when you kind of compromise, you know, your, your self values and, and not, I wouldn't say self values, but you know, perception and, and, and um, the things that made you that person, right? People that the things that people knew you as and knew you for, and you kind of compromise that and, you know, yeah, it, it can, in a sense, kind of drive that person away. It's like, well, you're not even the person that I, I wanted in the first place, but exactly. you know, inadvertently you're, you're, you're trying to change to, to make them happy, but you're not. And, and, and let's be honest, as men, we see not only is it, well, this is what I think she wants, but it's flat out what she tells you she wants. Mm-hmm. Yes. And she will whittle you down and test you to see exactly what it is you're made of. Exactly. She will shame you along the way. You know, you're going to do what? You're going to go out with your friends. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you doing this? You're going to, you're going to try for what kind of job? No, no, no. We have bills to pay right. every single step of the way. And the more you get whittled down and whittled down, the worse and worse it gets. Right. And, and you know, and I've, I've, I've been fortunate, fortunate enough not to experience that in both marriages, both marriages. And, oh, good. Um, you know, my, my ex-wife, very, very good person, very good person. She just wasn't the right person, you know, especially at that point in my life. And, um, well, that's very mature of you to say. I like that. My, uh, well, I, you know, we went through it where, you know, we're at 15, 16, almost 16 years later. Couldn't always say that, but you know, you mature and you, and you know, and you know, I apologize, you know, for my, for my part in, uh, you know, why our marriage didn't work out. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, my wife now, man, it's like, like, like you, when you found your, your, your second chance, that's mm-hmm. exactly how I felt, man. It's like, I was in a, in a, in a different place, uh, still fairly young when we met but in a different place, but I understood exactly, you know, myself more and, and, you know, what it took to make a marriage work. So, you know, it's, uh, it's nice to get that second chance. Good, good. You had your, your, your practice marriage, your starter marriage and got that out of the way. But in a sense, it's like, it's kind of what it is because yeah. you know, I got, I, I got married first time at 21. Like what the hell do you know? It's oh, wow. That's so, young. Yeah. You know, and, 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 Luckily, you know, we were friends and now, you know, I can, I can call her a friend still today. And, you know, she's remarried and great guy and he's, he's a good dude and he, he takes care of my son and, you know, you know, raises him the right way, good values and stuff like that, you know. And, and but on the other hand, man, I, I am ecstatic and happy with where I'm at today. You know, and it's just I feel like I'm in a better place overall with with my previous relationship with my ex-wife as well as with my current wife. And just everything is better. It's not that that awkward feeling you know good good yeah yeah so so why is it important to tell your story there um a lot of guys get a lot of mixed signals when it comes to this kind of stuff mm-hmm. and uh they don't know which way to turn and there's a lot of shame involved in men being emotional a lot of shame and men feeling lost right and a big message i hear from a lot of guys is man, I, I feel horrible, terrible, everything. My life has fallen apart. How can I quickly just make this stop? Well, it doesn't. <laughs> and, and, and I think women have a much better grasp on the concept of I'm going through horrible stuff. This is normal. This is natural. I, I just got to go through it and get whatever help I can get. Women reach out to friends, they family, they reach out to everybody. Men just sit alone in their little apartment and sulk and just say, all right, let me just drink my sorrows away or let me just uh, uh, pray for this to pass. And they don't realize they need to do some active things to move on in life. That was a chapter. It's over. It's time to <clears throat> put on your big boy boots and get to work. Yeah, and yeah. this is nothing that's just going to pass on its own. You got some real stuff to do. And that's what that 
my second book, Now What, is very much about is all those steps of, hey, dude, it's over, gotta move on. I mean, for a lot of guys, just that concept if, of it's over, you gotta move on. Tough for them, very tough. Yeah, it's scary. Of, it's scary, right? Yeah. You know, well, not only that, but it's it's a it's a concept of honor. Mm. Um, a lot of men hide behind that concept of honor. They, they will find out that their wife cheated on eight different men, gave them herpes. She had a drug habit he didn't know about, $50,000 of credit card debt, and they will still say, yeah, but I said I do, and I, I said my vows. I'm a man of honor. I'm going to follow this through and do whatever I can to win her back. But you or, know, it doesn't work out sometimes, you know, and it's just you got to move on, you know, and like, like you said, right, you know, so – I, I think it's, you know, and I'm going to walk it back a little bit to what, you know, the first part of what you said, where the support system, right? It's the support. Yeah. System. I think if men had, a, if most men had the support system that women have, and I think it's more of like, like, uh, hey, bring it in. We got you. Right. That's that's yeah. how we look at. It. We got you. Regardless, right or wrong, indifferent. They take care of each other. You know, they, mm -hmm. you know, they, they, you know, they talk it out. They may have it, you know, have it out or whatever. But at the end of the day. That woman's going to be taken care of by her 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 female friends, you know, and you and then when it comes to guys, it's like you know, there's that stigma, like you said, being weak, right? And you know, you don't want to show up to the court bringing that there, and guys are like, man, get the hell out of here, man, you're gonna hoop or what, you know? And it's just, yeah. you know, and it, and it sucks that it's that way, and you know, and and also a lot of guys don't know how to take stuff like that, right? Like they don't know how to give advice. Most guys don't, you know, because. Uh, you know, either they can't relate to it or they don't know what to say or they don't want to get involved. And then, you know, be in the middle and then the, the, the female hates them, too. You know, so it's just, it's just one of those things, man, where it's just like lone wolf, man. Good luck. And, you know. and I actually um, I recognize the problem of a lot of men kind of doing things on their own. And I actually started a members group on my website called the DSO Fraternity. And on that, we have uh, regular meetings where we all get together and chat via Zoom. Mm. and talk and share our stories. And that's been invaluable. That's men, cool. just, men just love to open up. Once they open up that faucet, they can't shut up. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it's therapeutic, man. It's, Absolutely. it's therapeutic. And these guys are getting these emotions and these pent-up feelings and, and stuff that they probably really don't understand. They're getting this stuff out, man. And for you to be a, you know, to provide that platform for them to do so, man, that's awesome. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. It can only help. And there's something therapeutic too. It sounds silly, but I've had guys just, tell me like, okay, you've never heard a story this bad. Let me tell you my story. Mm -hmm. And then I say, well, let me put you in touch with a guy that makes your story look like nothing. <laughs> I mean, I, I've heard, I had a guy who uh, I interviewed a year or two ago and um, he was stabbed nine times in the back by his wife's lover. Oh shit. So he was attempted murder. So he just went over to pick up his son from the wife. And next thing you know, some guy he says is punching me in the back. And I said, what is, what's going on? Some guys punched me in the back and sure blood's going everywhere. Ooh. He almost died. Wow. And I said, so, you know, find, finding your wife's text messages to some guy is not that big a deal in the grand scheme of things. Yeah, it's horrible. It's awful. Mm -hmm. But when men hear that, they go, oh, well, maybe it's not so bad. Exactly. Right. Well, okay. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me dial it back. So, but I mean, you know, I want to go into a little bit more about, you know, within the story when D-Day came and you called it D-Day. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. How was your reaction? Like, what was your immediate oh. feeling from that? And, you know, if you don't want to share that, man, I, I don't know. Oh, I'm, I'm very open about all of that. That yeah. was probably the darkest time for sure. Yeah, I shouldn't say the dark. All the things that came after that were, were pretty dark and it just kept going further downhill. But that was complete and total shock. Mm. Um, 
a lot of guys' stories I hear, they have so many red flags leading up to it that they're just like, well, this is kind of the, the culmination of a lot of things. But I didn't have that at all. Mm -hmm. um, in hindsight, our relationship was very boring, what I call very blah. There was no real spark there. And she was desperately needing some kind of spark. Um, but I, for sure, I, I didn't see it coming at all. And, and how I discovered it was what the modern day story right now is everyone is, is finding out about infidelities via Facebook text messages, mm. Instagram direct messages, all that stuff. And mine was Facebook. Mm. Um, she left herself logged into Facebook and I went in and said, oh, what's this? And I don't know why I did it, but I saw the little indicator on the thing saying she had some messages and I clicked on it and said, oh, whoops. And I, I didn't even know what the heck I was looking at. And I was like, I don't understand because it was part of a conversation. She forgot to delete the last part of it. Right. But there was enough to know that this is sexual in nature. Why is she talking to this guy? Say, so, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> I just, wow. And what made it doubly uh, awful was that I was on vacation at the time with the family. A thousand miles away on a beach, day two of our vacation, laying on the on the couch with a laptop, reading this, going, well, what the hell do I do now? Mm -hmm. And uh, what happened next was very, very common, which was, boy, did we really talk it out and talk yeah. it out. And this is what's going on. And there was a lot of lying. Oh, it's not what it seems. Mm -hmm. Just flirtatious. I know it's wrong. Blah, 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 blah. But that's making right. any better because you're still entertaining it, right? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And so that gave me a little glimmer of hope of, okay, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, but i tell you what, what happened the day we, we return home is I got the we're over speech. So it was just biding time um, until we could get past that awkward stage of being in a, in a family vacation and then get home and then back to her man. And it was over after that. And she filed for divorce immediately. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it sucks. I mean, there's no other way around it. And you said that like this sucks. And it, yes. you know, and um, you know, I I found out, you know, the same way in, in a sense that mine was Yahoo Messenger. And you know, um, yeah, it's, it's one of those things where where I saw it, and it's just it's one of those things where like you get tunnel vision and you mm -hmm. can't mm -hmm. all you hear is heartbeat. And yeah, and there you go. Yes, yeah, and it's just like wow you know it's like you're speechless you're like i started sweating i was like what the hell is going on and, and you know it, it's it's one of those things and like you said the red flags were there and it, and it by all means i'm not putting it all solely on her because at 21 22 years old i was playing a role in that as well mm. and uh, you know and, and now I, I i can definitely own up to that but you know it's just when you're confronted with it, and when you see it right in your face right you know it's just one of those things where you're like shit you know this is really happening, you know, and yep. it's, it's not comfortable. It's not fun. It's just, <laughs> what do you do from there? And, um, and it wouldn't be so bad if it was, this happened really early on, you know, prior to marriage, prior to kids and everything else, but that just super complicates everything. Mm -hmm. It just calls into question your, your future together. What are you going to do? What are you as a single man going to do? What about the poor kids? I mean, yeah. the kids just make everything just exponentially worse. Yeah. Um, and, and it's been, very hard on my kids on the early stage, especially one of them who is now 16 years of age and she's had a rough go. She's been in and out of therapy, um, anxiety issues over this, all kinds of stuff. So it's, it's been hard on everybody for sure. You know, and I read your, you know, you, you described like how they, how it affected each one of them and, you know, mm -hmm. daughter shambles, right? Your, yeah. middle, the, your oldest son, you know, it just kind of like shell shock. Yep. And then your youngest was kind of too young to really. He's never known any different really. Yeah, right. So it's just okay. 
we'll see how how this affects you along the along mm -hmm. the way, but you'll be there to support. So, yeah, man, it's um that's tough, and and because it would be different, like you said, you know, if they were all small, you know, and they wouldn't understand. But you know, you said your daughter was a certain age when this happened, and old enough to understand, mm -hmm. old enough to 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 know what's going on, you know. So that's that's definitely yeah. gotta be gotta be tough. So how how are you supporting them, um, you know, throughout this because this is ongoing. Do they do they still see her or? Oh yeah, um, their time with her has gone up this past year. Okay. But prior to that, I had them. I, I would every now and then look at the calendar, you know, just for if possible legal reasons in the future, if it ever came up. You know, like how much time are they spending with me? No. And I was looking at the calendar one time, and it was seventy percent of the time they were with me is what mm -hmm. I came up with. Um, but this past year or so, it's been pretty much fifty-fifty. She she very much she being the ex-wife very much went through a stage of new relationship and all the she was putting all of her emotional mental energy into that she was very much in a very obsessive kind of regressing back to a teenage phase which is very very common and then um, I guess over this you know year and a half ago she kind of woke up and said hmm maybe I need to pay attention to the kids more and right. she's kind of really cranked it up and volunteering to help with this and this and this. And there was initially a, a reaction out of me. I never verbalized this to her, but internally of saying, you know, F you, where have you been all these years? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, but, and that's fair to ask, you know, especially yeah. you know, reading what I read about how the whole thing went down. Um, mm -hmm. You know, she was just kind of in her own thing. And like you said, just trying to recapture that youth and that, that, that vibe and stuff. And uh, you know, the things she was doing. And um, so reading that, like, I, I have to ask, like, how, how did you never like ask her like, Hey, you know, Where's all this leading? And, and I know, you know, you were supporting her in her endeavors and, 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 and job and everything. But did it ever pop up in your head like, hey, you know, maybe this isn't what I think it is prior to find prior to D-Day? As in the marriage was going down and why didn't I call it out saying this isn't going the way it should be? Right. Or identify um, maybe some things that are maybe kind of lacking or, you know, maybe y'all come together and be like, hey, I see like this is going in the wrong direction. Let's 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 talk about this. I would say there's couple of different things. One is that we were just so goddamn busy with kids mm -hmm. and work and school and everything else that there was very little genuine emotional intimacy and connection there. Right. It was just, we were very much uh, probably roommates, huh? Roommates, siblings, if you want to even go even further with it, wow. um, where it was just these two adults taking care of these kids, just partners in that, mm -hmm. uh, keeping this house afloat, paying bills and so forth. Um, in addition to that, I was very, at the time, very passive, um, not a very aggressive guy, go with the flow. Yeah, I'll do whatever. Yes, dear. Happy wife, happy life kind of guy. Mm -hmm. And so when you do that and that becomes a habit for year after year after year, you just kind of learn not to question things, go with it because you don't want any kind of drama, very mm -hmm. drama, you know, um, averse, right. which is very common with men. And, um, yeah, just culminated. And it took her to, you know, smack me over the head with a proverbial hammer and woke me up and said, uh, this isn't good. Look what I did. It's like, oh, shit, you're right. It isn't good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's rough, man. And, um, you know, I know from my own experience and, you know, my first situation, my first marriage wasn't the only time where, you know, I, I neglected, neglected, you know, a marriage as well. And I, made the same mistake with my, my second. And fortunately we were able to fix it, you know, and, and okay. before it got too far gone. 
And uh, it was the same idea, man. Like you're just working and, and, and building and, and, and trying to grow and, and, and build this empire, right? We, you know, we were both still mm-hmm. in the at the time. We were just going, going, going. And at, at one point, it actually felt like, like I said to you, like you're just roommates. You know, you're raising a family, you have kids, you're pushing, you're trying to promote. And we forgot about each other. And, you know, when you forget about each other, well, the potential for somebody to not forget about you creeps in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, fortunately, like I said, we, we had that talk, you know, the whole sit down talk about what's happening. And, you know, look, there's a lot of blame, a lot of fingers pointed, a lot of hurt feelings. But at the end of the day, I think, you know, at least for me, it made me acknowledge some, some shortcomings in, as my role as a husband. And, you know, and, um, you know, you, you've got to acknowledge that in order to, to grow and build. And, and she did the same. And, you know, because we, we just kind of laid all the cards out on the table, man, and talked it out, we were fortunately able to, to save our marriage. Our marriage is stronger than ever. So. Oh, that's awesome. I love it. And that's very, very rare. So you get, should pat yourself on the back for that, for sure. Man, it wasn't easy, man. I'm telling you, like, I was I was the asshole, asshole of the day for a good long time, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You got to be that every now and then. Yeah, man. It, it sucks, but, you know, it, it is what it is. Hey, what up, Rob? That's my, my uncle. He's out there, so. But yeah, it's um, you know, it's one of those things, man, and it's just it's part of life, part of growth. Um, and you're, you're hitting. Out, on a, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I was, I was saying I still haven't got it figured out by any means, man. But I'm still learning. I'm still, you know, trying to trying to improve. So. And, well, you're hitting on a big point, which is relationships take work, mm-hmm. and anybody who tells you otherwise is completely bullshitting you, or they lucked into a relationship that is one in a million which is everything just flows naturally and they're so interconnected and they're so uh, made for each other, quote unquote, that things just go seamlessly. But man, that is so super rare for for most of us. You're kind of fighting against very natural primitive urges Mm -hmm. when you're saying I'm with you and only you, you're going to be my best friend. You're going to be my lover. You're going to be my caregiver. You're going to be all these things wrapped into one person. And the other person says, yeah, ditto, you too. And to make that work, it's not just a natural thing where you just sit back and it just happens. No, the natural thing is for you to go out and between now and the day you die, get 20 more girlfriends, get one girlfriend, get tired of her, go on to the next one. That's the, quote, natural thing to do. Right, right. So you're always kind of fighting against that. And she is too. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it's not just a matter of people are supposed to go out and, have relations with a bunch of different people. It's not that simplistic. It's just that we're not necessarily supposed to be with one human being forever and ever and ever, mm-hmm. unless you both have those tools. And it sounds like you both have those emotional, mental tools in your toolbox to make that work. And unfortunately, that's pretty rare. Yeah. Well, I mean, counseling helps, man. Like, you know, and, Good. you know, that, that was the kind of like the coming to Jesus part, you know, meeting for me where, you're confronted with all the all the shit that you've done or or didn't do and mm-hmm. that counseling man it's like man like i got to get it together and, that third party just to to listen to your stories and just point at you and go well here's how you messed up like, mm-hmm. oh. and, and they did the same for her too you know so it wasn't yeah, like, absolutely. Let's, kind of, let's attack old kells right here no it wasn't like that it was it was <laughs> it was fair you know it was fair yeah. it was just, you know you got to take that walk with your head down hat in hand type thing yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, you know but yeah you know, it makes you stronger. It makes you better. It makes you more uh, cognizant of, of your, the moves you make in your marriage and, and, you know, the things it takes to keep that thing upright. So definitely. So, hey, for fellow Marauders, all of y'all just tuning in. Appreciate it. 
I'm here with an author and a owner of the, the DSO brand, Mr. DSO himself. And if you're looking at a gray block, no, I'm not talking to myself. He's there, but just for the sake of, uh, of uh, you know, keeping his identity, uh, you know, intact, hey, he's uh, he's uh, coming at us just by voice. So um, he's, he's dropping some some serious knowledge on us about, you know, starting over, the dad starting over uh, brand and, um, you know, just his journey, um, you know, from, you know, infidelity and, and divorce and moving forward and how he's helping fellas going through it. Uh, you know, today. So um, moving on to the next topic. So we talked about the infidelity. As a man, how did this affect you? It changed everything. It changed my identity, how I looked at interpersonal relationships. I mean, not just romantic, but every other kind of relationship. It was just this giant wake up call for me. And my personality is such that I'm pretty obsessive and analytical about things uh, like uh, basketball. We've talked about basketball. Um, I, back when I was a kid, junior high, I was Mr. Basketball mm -hmm. studying, you know, watching, going to practice first one in, last one out. Very obsessive about it. Fast forward to adulthood. And I, I picked up guitar. I want to play guitar all day, every day. I'm thinking about guitar. I'm studying guitar photography. So this was my new thing, which was, why the hell did this happen to me? Why is this such a common thing that I'm reading about again and again? Um, what are some things you can do to, to prevent it, to alleviate the trauma from it, to all those things. So none of that was on my, in my mental framework in any way, shape or form prior to this happening. It was just like a whole world that I hadn't even conceived of before. I was very much in the dark about all this. I, I did have experience with women and dating and so forth, but nothing this dramatic with the family and the kids and the infidelity and all that stuff. That was all pretty damn new to me. Yeah. So how did this change me as a man? It really very much boosted up my, well, my manliness for lack of a better word, um, really focused on improving myself as a man physically, mentally focusing, becoming more selfish guy, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. And there's really nothing wrong with that. Was that, and that was a tough little mental hurdle for me. Is, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, everything else just everything else just kind of goes to shit pretty fast. Your right. family, everything, your relationships, and all that stuff. You do need time to say, "This is my time. I'm doing this for me." And I've done a lot more of that. So, it has changed just about everything. That's cool. Yeah, that's cool. And it, it's a hell of a wake up call, right? You know, oh, absolutely. I know for me, it was like what the hell does this person have that I don't, you know, you start questioning yourself, right. And mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like that. And then, you know, you go through like a gamut of different emotions from anger to sadness to, you know, uh, self doubt and, you know, just all those different things, man. It, it, it sucks, man. It puts you through the ringer, but you're right. You, you do have to start being selfish for yourself at some point just to rebuild yourself and build that confidence back because, you know, it, it could have happened either way, you know, and, and one of those things is like, you know, you just kind of got to, Pull yourself up, pull yourself together. Yeah, it's going to suck. Allow yourself a little time to be down. But you got to pull yourself together, man, because, you know, in your case and my case at the time, you know, there's kids involved. You got to be there for your kids. So yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's definitely one of those things where it, it'll change you. And like you said, it changed every every aspect of your life. It, it, it did the same for me. And, you know, and I yeah, just the look out for yourself type thing. And, you know, and it's hard to do sometimes because you – like for me, I had to question, like, am I really this person, you know, and it's like, or am I doing this just to kind of cover up the fact that I'm hurt, you know, so it's just, mm. 
Mm-hmm. You know, but at the end of the day, you know, you do, you do have to, that self-care and that, you know, taking care of yourself, rebuilding yourself, that, that's so important. And you got it. A lot of people forget about that. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk about the brand, right? The dad starting over brand. Um, you know, your, your website, man, it's got like a litany of different things, a, different, a bunch of, like I said, it's an all-in-one, like a, like a Google for, for, for resources <laughs> for, you know, guys going through this stuff, man. So what... What does the dad starting over process look like? Take us from the from the top where you know you get somebody comes to you like, hey man, this is what I'm going through. What does that yeah. process look like? Um, it's funny. It seems to be the gateway to my little world as mm-hmm. far as these people that contact me are concerned. These guys um, is the one book that has sold so well called The Dead Bedroom Fix, mm-hmm. which is all about hey men, you don't like your sex life. Here are some things that you're doing wrong that you can fix to improve it a great deal. And I have, you know, dozens of reader stories of people that say, yeah, it works for them. It's just basically putting a mirror in front of guys' faces and saying, look what you're neglecting doing in your life. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's funny because men are pretty simple creatures. And some of these guys out there that contact me have the worst stories imaginable. They are in abusive relationships with women that have really bad personality disorders. Um, narcissistic tendencies. Some of them are physical abuse, emotional abuse. And then they're pouring their guts out to me and the men can book time with me one-on-one and we're chatting. And I say, well, what is it you want exactly out of this? Mm-hmm. And they say, well, I read your book. So obviously I want more sex. And I say, I think you got deeper issues here. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. The, I want more sex Avenue is how they get in. But once they're in and they read a lot of the articles, they read the other two books, they realize, oh, yeah, this was a really bad relationship from the get-go. And right. here's some of the things I did bad. And here are the red flags that showed me early on that she wasn't cut out for this whole wife game. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just opens the doors from there for them. And, um, you know, I have articles. There's private Facebook groups. We have groups for guys in dead bedrooms, groups for guys starting over after divorce, groups for guys um, uh, dating after divorce all these articles around that and the books as well. And business wise, I've thought maybe I should, because it's so popular, maybe I should focus just on the dead bedroom side of things and make that kind of my brand. But no, cause it all bleeds together. Right. Like I say, when the guys come to me and say, I'd like to fix my bedroom. And then I said, well, tell me about your wife. And then for the next hour, it's horror story after horror story. Yeah, you get to the bedroom part, right? And yeah, yeah. Break that down, so. As far as he's concerned, man, if I just got laid more, all this stuff, problems would go away. It's like, but no. Problems wouldn't go away. They'd just be a little bit more tolerable, I think. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Ready for the next round. So, no, I, I feel you, man. And guys are pretty simple like that, right? Like, you know what? Food. Yes. Thanks. And leave me the hell alone every now and again. Yeah, those are pretty much, you know, the common core things that guys kind of want. And, you know, yes. I think if you can kind of up the frequency on, on sex, most guys are just willing to kind of deal with it. You know, even though they happen to be in an abusive relationship, you know, mm-hmm. identify. Well, I'm getting laid, so ain't all that bad. You know, so but yep. it's good that you can you can help point that out and ask that question, that that, that underlying question. Like, well, OK, well, if you're not getting laid. What what's your wife like? Well, you know, what's her personality? Maybe we can find out, you know, and then it, mm-hmm. like, they go into the, they spill the whole beans on you, man. And it's like, yeah. Wow. So what is, you know, success look like for you in, in this situation? I would love to be able to drop the day job and do this full time 
Mm-hmm. Um, I like to have a nice steady income as a result of the books, which will in turn allow me to write more articles and talk more one-on-one with guys and have the group sessions and so forth. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's as far as a passion is concerned, you know, how do you gauge what's your passion? What isn't when I'm writing four hours can go by and it feels like two seconds. Wow. Um, when I'm chatting with guys, it's like, wow, an hour's up already. I thought we just started those. So I know those are the things that really get my juices going and mm-hmm. gets my heart pumping. And that's the stuff that I really love. Um, right. So if I could devote myself to that more, that'd be wonderful. But slowly but surely we're getting there. Okay. Um, I, I have um, in the past six months, I did hire a gentleman to help me out with some of the IT side of things and marketing because I was very much clueless in that realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, since working with him, the income has tripled. So uh, yeah. if I keep that that uh, progress going, uh, we'll be on our way, I think. Well, I mean, you, you offer something that, like I said, you don't see much of unless you really, really have to dig for it, man. So, you know, hey, any way we can promote you and support you, man, I, I'm definitely down to do so. so. I appreciate that. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Yeah. So let me ask you this. So everything that that's, that's you know, gone through and everything, how has it made you stronger? It is... It's kind of sad in a way that it's kind of de-romanticized me in a way as far as relationships are concerned. I, I look at things much more pragmatically, mm-hmm. much more of, um, oh, nuts and bolts. Let's take a lot of the, the silliness out of the thing as far as romance is concerned and as far as relationships are concerned. And it's not just romantic relationships. It's affected me professionally mm-hmm. and how I deal with people on a professional level how I deal with friends, you know, the concept of putting up boundaries, which is, this is what I'm not going to put up with, or this is is what I expect out of you, Mr. Friend or Mrs. Wife or whatever it may be. Um, Again, those are concepts that I really had very little, very little concept of prior to all this happening. What I call my holy shit moment. My, after I had my holy shit moment, and I think every guy needs to go through some semblance of a holy shit moment, your wake up call. And then you go, oh, you recognize what, what it is you're made of, what your deficiencies are, and so forth. And I tell you, be completely blunt, I discovered that I had a really hard time coping emotionally with all this. Mm-hmm. I mean, it whittled me down to nothing. And it, it was so shocking to me that I'm like, wow, mm-hmm. I, I really am not as tough as I thought I was. Did you seek like professional help for this, like counseling or anything? Yes, I did. Um, I did see a woman briefly. I'm trying to think if there was somebody. And then she in turn turned me on to chatting with other guys who had been through the same thing. Mm-hmm. And that was what really opened the doors for, oh, this is kind of a really common thing. And then, you know, some guy I talked to said, have you been online? There's a forum for guys that have been through this. Go here. And I went there and said, oh, wow. I, all these people are like saying the exact same story. This is kind of creepy. <laughs> it's all very, very, very similar. And, um, yeah, that was the major turning point for me. The the counselor herself was just kind of a pointer. She said, go over there, talk to these guys. Uh-huh. I, she was smart enough to realize this is very much a a guy's issue and you need a guy's perspective. And uh, you guys do, you guys tend to work well when you are in little groups together. Mm-hmm. And the women have naturally their own groups like we talked about. So she recognized that you need to go learn from other guys. And that's what I did. Right. Okay. And I am guess I'm kind of sharing the love, paying it forward, so to speak. Yeah, you know that, hey, that's, that's good. Do you still keep in touch with those guys that, that was initially your uh, your crew? Your- very early on, those guys, I think one. And okay. he has done very well for himself. Good. Remarried, 
the whole nine, his story was awful to begin with. He's the one guy we're Facebook friends and all that. The rest of them, I think, have kind of fallen by the wayside. You know, okay. life gets in the way. Well, hopefully they're doing well, man. They yeah. Uh, got, you know, up and running again. So let me ask you. So here's the million dollar question. Have you confronted your ex about all of this stuff? You know, have y'all, have y'all readdressed this later on in life? No. No? Uh, once it was done, it was done. And I've, we don't have any friendly conversations. Mm. Everything is very logistical about kids. And that's pretty much it. Oh. It's very much a business, kind of like uh, friendly neighbors, mm-hmm. you know, now, let me ask you, how you doing? that's about it. Yeah. yeah. Just very, yeah. Business about the kids and keep it moving. Right. I, I have to say no animosity, outright anger, none of that between us, never been insulting or anything like that. It's just been a very cold, distant business relationship. Wow. That's, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, it, it's understandable, but, um, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's tough. Um, would you be open? Like, let's say she came to you one day, like, hey, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you about this. You know, maybe I went about the wrong way. Would you be open to have that conversation? Or I think so. You know, as long as it's coming from a good place and it's not. Um, <laughs> one thing I've noticed over the over the years is that if there is a tinge of super friendliness in her tone, I'm like, oh, here we go. Here it comes. And then sure <laughs> enough, like looking behind you and stuff. Right? <laughs> and then sure enough, you know, the next day, could you take the kids for the next week and a half? Because I have to go. OK, there we go. So, uh, yeah. so if, if, if she were to come to me with such a request, I, my first thought would be, oh, here we go. <laughs> what, what do you want? What's coming behind you, right? Oh, man. So do you think you have closure on the whole situation? I'm sorry. Do I have what again? Do you have closure? Yes, um, I do. I, in terms of I don't have any open-ended anything. It's, you know, I'm not going to – a lot of guys struggle with that with I just need answers to these questions that are in the air. No. And some guys get very specific about it. Like, well, what about that last Christmas when she said this and this? What did that mean exactly? Did that mean she was having affairs back then? Mm-hmm. What about that day when I when she didn't answer her phone? Like, guys get really obsessive in that way. Right. I, I've wiped all those off the table. It's what's done is done type of thing. And and I I, I think a good way for me to prove to myself that I'm past it in closure is that I don't have any animosity or any ill will towards her. Okay. I'm not one of these guys that sits back and says, ha ha, she's broke now mm. or she got dumped by her boyfriend or whatever. It's that's insignificant. It's just, I'm indifferent to all of that. It's just, and, and in fact, if I were to hear like she, you know, hit the lottery tomorrow, I'd be like, Oh, cool. Mm. Good for her. You know, yeah. or if she got married to the love of her life, I'd be like, wonderful. You know, have at it. It's, it's, I'm not wishing ill will. I'm not one of those guys that sits back and says, karma is going to get her in the end. It's it, yeah. it will, or it won't regardless. I'm still me. Right. I mean, that's they, that, that's mature within itself, man, because, uh, you know, reading how things went down with you and, and just how cold it seemed, man, like I would have been pissed, man. I would have been looking to burn the world down. But, you know, you're right. What is it going to do? You know, it's just I guess the best revenge is to live well. Right. There you go. Exactly. So, so let me ask you one more question. Have you have you do you know who the guy was or have you met this guy? Because. Oh, yeah, they're still together. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, uh, recently moved in together. Um, they're uh, yeah, so I'm very well aware of, and not really had a chat or anything, but we have shaken hands and said hello, and that's about the end of it. Oh wow, man! Yeah. Oof. Well, hey, hats off to you, man. Because uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I could have done that one, man. And, and, well, and that was more for the 
kids who were standing there staring at uh, the time. Okay, okay. It was, I, that was relatively early on, too. That was like, um, well, not even a year after D-Day and uh, at the kids' soccer game. Uh, and it was their day with her, so they were all already there sitting, and he was there. Mm-hmm. And so I had one of those awkward moments of, do I put my chair over on the other side of the field? Do What am I supposed to do here? Uh, so I just plopped right down next to them and kind of leaned over and said, hey, and I'm Ralph. Nice to meet you. It's nice meeting you. And the kids were all just kind of staring like, oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> and that was the end of that. So. All right. Well, I mean, that's cool, man. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, you know, fellow marauders, like, like I say, you got to hear the story. You got to read this story just to know, you know, what this man's been through. And I'm not saying it's, it's, it's greater or less than, you know, anybody else's experience. But just to read it, man, it's just, man, it just it sucks, man. <laughs> I can't put it <laughs> but I'm glad that you found you found something on the other end of it, right? Like a way to help people yep. and, and mentor these guys who are going through the same thing, who who may not be strong enough to to pull themselves up and, and work, find a way to work themselves through this. So, you know, hey, I appreciate it, man. Hey, DSO, you are officially a marauder. You know, I appreciate your your time on the show and, and lending your story and and. and Telling us about you know the dad starting over uh, brand and you know the process and all that stuff. So before we wrap it up, man, you, you got any final thoughts? Anything you want to put out there? Just check out the website dadstartingover.com. Um, you can find the books, like I said, in all the major retailers. Amazon's the big one. Do a search for Dead Bedroom Fix. Now what? Uh, Red flags. All by DSO is the name of the author. That's me. And uh, dadstartingover.com can get you to all these things. You can check out the DSO fraternity. You can check out the books. You can uh, check out the Facebook groups, the whole nine yards right from there. Okay, there it is. So you heard it from the man himself, DSO. Hey, he's putting out good stuff. So you got anything new coming out? Any any books? You working on a new book or anything? I've been toying with the, I, I just did an updated version of the Dead Bedroom Fix for 2020. Okay. Um, that's been three years of the previous version. So that's just getting updated just now. It's going out to all the retailers. Uh, fraternity members get to download it and listen to the audio already. Nice. Um, but uh, I've been toying with the idea of maybe some kind of fictional story, like okay. almost like a novel with the theme of a guy going through all this. Hmm. Um, I don't know. It kind of gets me excited to think about doing something like that. The only negative is that it's kind of funny. Men don't buy fiction. <laughs> <laughs> Men buy nonfiction, self-help stuff. You or- know- what? Or how-to manuals and stuff like exactly. that. Yeah, yeah, how-to. I think, you know, your story and, and everything you're doing will make for a really badass, like, Showtime or HBO-type series. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. Well, you know, where, you know, put the feelers out there. HBO, yeah. if you're listening. Yeah, take a different dude. And, you know, yeah, you're you're a central figure in the show, but it shows their process, and it comes back to you. With you. Look, I just made that up for you, man. So, you know, no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, I really, you know, I think that would play out really well. So, you know, hey, man, just keep rocking. Keep, keep, uh, you know, putting out the good stuff, helping the brothers out there. Um, what's your shout outs? Who, who you want to shout out? Oh, who do I want to shout out? A shout out to all the guys who've been reading the books and buying it. Uh, shout out to, I got some regulars out there. Jack London, Austin, Noor, Ryan, all the regulars. Um well, you put me on the spot. Who am I gonna <laughs> to my to my wife? I'm sure my wife's gonna listen to this. Her nickname is Button. Okay. So, so as in cute as a button. Right, so, right. So Button, if you're listening to this, I love you. Thank you. Right. And uh, I guess that's about it. Cool, cool, cool. All right. So for me, boy Kells, hey, 
I want to get a shout out to DSO. Thank you for, you know, like I said, coming on, man, lending your time. We finally were able to make it happen. <laughs> um, I, I definitely also the, the listeners and the, uh, you know, the viewers out there. Thank you for, you know, supporting the show, supporting Culture Marauders brand. Um, you know, uh, all the, the, the parents out there, you know, everybody um, who was dual hatting it, you know, as a teacher and stuff like that. Hey, well-earned summer out there. All the protesters and stuff, you know, doing it peacefully. All the brothers and sisters of, of all color out there marching, you know, trying to take care of this equality thing, man. Let's tie up these loose ends on a thing or uh, something our country has been neglecting for far too long. Um, also, you know, the um, the healthcare workers out there, those of you know who are still doing the job day in and day out. You know, every episode, I must tell you, you know, I appreciate you. Um, thank you, you know, for keeping us safe, uh, taking care of the sick ones out there. Um, also, our military, you know, still doing the job, still deploying while dealing with this COVID stuff on top of, you know, this uh, racial uh, racial situation we got going on in our country. And, um, you know, that's it. You know, like I said, oh, the essential uh, workers. Things are going to be ramping up here soon. I see uh, COVID is uh, not gone by any chance. Matter of fact, it's come back stronger than ever. It looks like it's bringing hell with it. So um, thank you to y'all, you know, the folks that keep the shelves stocked. And I'm looking for my toilet paper, my Lysol wipe. Appreciate y'all, man, keeping those stock because without it, I don't know where we'd be. So thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, with that being said, hey, if you guys got something you want to maraud on, you know, for me, Kells, I'm going on, I'm finding people with good stories, good backgrounds, good stories, good entertainment, and, um, you know, value, things that, you know, you can pull from these and apply to your daily life. If you got something you want to maraud on, there's a number of ways you can hit us up on Instagram at the underscore culture underscore marauders. Hit us up on Instagram, Facebook at the culture marauders and if you want to email us and you know you got a question or something that you want to hear about you want us to delve into hit us up at the culture marauders at gmail.com um so with that being said hey happy father's day i know we said it this is a little uh two-part father's day where like i said we wild out a little bit yesterday had a little bit of fun to have time about how to take care of dad sexually and you know dad's needs on father's day and, and, and year round yeah you missed that one ds so that's good <laughs> but um and then, you know, we, we, we drove home a little bit of a serious message, you know, taking care of the dads and, you know, out there who are, uh, you know, going through divorce or, you know, dealing with those infidelity and things like that, how to get back up on your feet. So happy Father's Day, dads. Keep trucking. Hit up that barbecue grill this weekend and, and, and put out some good stuff for the fam and for the kids. So um, DSOA, thanks, man. Um, Thank you. Like I say, you're official writer. You're welcome back on the show. I'm gonna have to get a book from you, man. I want to get an autograph or a signed book from you so I can uh, keep it in my collection. I will make that happen. Right on, right on. So, hey, from the culture writers, I'm gonna leave with this: one culture, one blood, one love. Peace.